Good morning, Zoom. Everyone hear me on Zoom? Everyone hear me in the room? Good morning. This is Rabbi Kovacs. Thank you so much, Bernie. Filling in for Rabbi Silver. We'll be back tonight from Eretz Yisrael, Amir Tzishem. We'll start with our sponsors. We have a Talmud to our sponsorship from Bracha Strimber in loving memory of her husband, Avi Strimber, Avraham Ben Kalman Eliezer Levi Zol, and by Avi Tobias in appreciation for all of Rabbi Silver's incredible Torah. His love for the Torah is evident in the daf that he gives every day, sometimes via Shliach. Week of Learning sponsor by Gabi and Shayna Cohn in memory of the yard site of Shayna's beloved father, Avraham Strimber, Avraham Ben Kalman Eliezer Levi Zol. His yard site is on 30 Shvat. Very good. He got double dose. We are on Daf Yud Tes. We actually left off yesterday near the bottom of Yud Ches. We're 13 lines from the bottom of Yud Ches in the third wide line. And what we were just discussing was Shaduchim and fate. So with your permission, we're going to spend five minutes on that before we get to today's Daf, because this is one of the uh, Yesodical, is that a word? It's a Yesod of free will versus fate is on Yudches on this daf right here, because we talked about yesterday, you could get engaged to a woman during Cholomoed. You couldn't, couldn't get married. That's a, that's a mission that we had a couple of Prakim ago, but you could get it because Ein Marvin Simcha B'Simcha. So we don't get married during Cholomoed, but to get engaged during Cholomoed, Shmuel says, yes, go ahead, get engaged during Cholomoed. Shema Yekadmeinu Acher. Another guy might go ahead and get engaged to the same girl that you wanted. Now that sounded strange because we cited the teaching 40 days before a child is uh, formed, there's a batkol, there's a heavenly voice, there's some sort of fated uh, soulmate that's preordained and destined for him. So Shmuel explained yesterday, in yesterday's daf, somebody could pray for her. Now you should know there were two girses in the Gemara, and the, what we have, our text of the, Gama, of the Gemara is Rava hears this guy praying. He wants to get Rachel. He wants to get a certain girl. And he tells her, he, tell, he tells the man, the man's praying, he's pouring out his heart. He really wants this one girl. And Rava tells him, don't pray like this. Shema kefarta bashem, base hey with an apostrophe. There's another version of the Talmud. It says Shema kefarta ba base hey without the apostrophe. It totally changes the meaning from maybe your prayers won't be answered and you'll reject Hashem. Now it means maybe your prayers will be answered and you'll reject her. So according to that version, they actually got married. This man who was pouring out his heart in prayers to get Rachel, he got his Rachel. And then what happened is Rava heard him praying later, please let him die, meaning himself, or let her die. Because they were actually married. That's why he was praying to die. Because what he had done was he had prayed for a woman who was not his soulmate, and he got her, and now he was miserable to the point of death. Shema kafarta ba. That one apostrophe changed the meaning of the Gemara and the other text of the Gemara. Shema kafarta ba. He got what he prayed for, and it was terrible because it wasn't appropriate for him. We see, the, we see from here, like Rabbi Silver said yesterday, the power of tefillah should not be overlooked should be careful how we pray. If we're praying for something we're not worthy of, we might actually get it. There's a, you know, I think it's an ancient Chinese curse, but it's a valid concept that we learn from the Gemara is sometimes the worst thing you could get is exactly what you're davening for. So really, it might be a better idea to ask Hashem for what's good for us rather than having this man ask for Rachel and then Shema Kafar He got her and he rejected her because it wasn't a good shidduch. Now you should know that it sounds like there's fate, but it sounds like prayers can change fate, and that's true. Prayers can change fate. 
And there's a, another Gemara in Sota, and the Tosfos here on our Gemara asks why they don't have a Kasha from this Gemara in Sota. And it's a beautiful Gemara, so we're, gonna, we're, we're getting to Sota soon enough, so this is a preview of coming attractions. And it says that Reish Lakish, when he started learning Sota, he would, he would start with this introduction. He would say, um, We only arrange a marriage for a man, meaning in heaven, according to his deeds. His deeds are not fate. Your deeds are in your control. So your match is in your control according to your accomplishments and your deeds and your behaviors in life. Because Hashem is not going to let the staff of the wicked on the property of the tzaddikim. Meaning he's not going to let it, someone who chooses to do evil get uh, married to a righteous woman. And zivugi, making matches, for God, God's making matches is as difficult as splitting the sea. Hashem brings the people home and he arranges them in the kosher time, the kosher time to put them together. Aini, is that true? Is it going to sound familiar? Forty days before the child, meaning the boy, is formed, Bat kol yotzet, a heavenly voice proclaims, Omeret, and says, Bat ploni leploni, the daughter of a certain man, will go to this, this embryo, this fetus. Bat ploni, bait ploni leploni, he'll get a certain house. Sadi ploni leploni, he'll get a certain field. It's predestination. Lo kasha. It's not a difficulty. Here's where the Gemara in Sota has a chiddush here that we did not see yesterday. Ha bezivagrishon, ha bezivagsheni. A ziva grishon, a first match, but some explain this means a match made when they're very young. A ziva grishon would be when, when they're young, when they're kids. Famously in Kedushin, one of the sages says, I, I'm such a tzaddik because I got married when I was 16. I wish I had gotten married at 14. I would throw arrows in the eyes of Sota. But a ziva is not necessarily a second marriage, but a marriage made when people are a little older. And the Rashi here explains a ziva grishon is lefi mazel. And mazel, sometimes we say, is luck. When we learn Bavakama, it's coming up in a few years, Mazel is more than luck. We say that at Adam, a per human being has to pay for damages. Why? Because Adam Islay Mazel, a person has Mazel, and Rashi explains, he has intellectual awareness and acuity that his actions have consequences. So Mazel is not just luck. But anyway, Rashi here says, a Ziva Grishon, a match made when they're very young, is according to his Mazel. So that you could say, okay, predestination has a part in that, or his social acuity also has a part in that. But Zivakshani, when he's older, is Lefimasav, according to accomplishments, deeds, choices, not just fate. Now, there's a Rambam. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not going to read the Rambam. We're going to run out of time. But there's a Rambam in Shmona Prakim. Shmona Prakim means eight chapters. It's his introduction to Pirkei Avos. He has an eight-chapter-long introduction to Pirkei Avos. It's highly advised. He has a lot of philosophical ideas in there. And in the eighth chapter, he talks about free will and how, yeah, there is free will in Pirkei Avos, and he says that we know that this is the Rambam is citing the Gemara saying we know the fear of heaven is in our control. And he says that not only that, but if a person thinks that I don't have free will and things are just going to be faded for me, such as my marriage and my business, that's an incredible error. So the Rambam himself in the eighth parak of Shemana Brachim, he says, that your, your zivugim and your success in business, your success in life, is in your control. Now, of course, we see there, there are elements of the batkol. There are elements of mazel and fate. But through prayer, through deeds, through 
you know, working on yourself, a man changes his faith. So it's not so cut and dry. It's not simple. Okay, I know in school it's cute, and we teach the kids, oh, you have a soulmate, you have a zivu, give up a shirt. Okay, let, let them teach the kids that. But in here we're learning Gemara, and we see in the Gemaras, and we see in the Rambam, it's not so posh it. It's not so posh it that our deeds and our prayers and our behaviors and our choices do not change our fate. Okay, so that's our, that's our introduction to yesterday's Ahmed Base, which is one of our all-time favorite Gemaras and a, a great source for free will versus fate. And we are now 13 lines up from the bottom of 18b, Yudches Ahmed Base, Amarabi. Amar Rabbi Ruben ben Istrabili, he's obviously Italian. A person doesn't get suspected of doing something unless he really did it. Don't worry. If he didn't actually do kulo, all of it, maybe he did some of it. And that's why rumors are going around. If he didn't do some of it, he must have been thinking about doing something wrong. Now, you're probably wondering, the guys have been along for around the dot for a couple of years, that doesn't sound right, because there's a Gemara in Hulin, way at the end of Hulin, and it's a famous Gemara, and it's a scary Gemara. And remember, at the very end of Hulin, we're talking about Shiluah HaKain, sending out the mother bird before you take the eggs or the chicks. It's a mitzvah de Raisa, and there's a famous story about a father who sent his son up the ladder to get some eggs. And the son fell off the ladder and was nifter. Died. He died doing the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain, where the Torah promises you long life, in the mitzvah of listening to his father, where the Torah promises you long life. This is the famous incident where Acher, Elisha ben went off the derech because he saw this. And of course, the, the other sages say he does get long life. He gets a long life in Olam Haba. But in the course of examining this story, the, our sages comment in the Gemara, they say, well, maybe he was doing an Avera at the time. No, he's going up the ladder. He's doing two mitzvahs. He's doing Shluch Ken and listening to his father. So Dilma Meharher Be'Avera Hava. Maybe he's thinking about an Avera. The Gemara answers, Machshava Ra, a bad thought or bad plan. Eina Kadesh Baruch Hu Hashem does not combine with an action. So Hashem does not punish people for bad thoughts. I'm not saying you should go around having bad thoughts, but Hashem is not going to whack people for having bad thoughts. But we see in this Gemara here that other people do get suspicious if someone has bad thoughts. So other people are less forgiving than the Ribbono Show Olam. So keep that in mind. It's easier to be righteous in front of Hashem, who knows everything, than to be righteous in front of other people who may not see the whole picture and know the whole story of why you're doing what you're doing. So that's, that's the episode in life. So um, so we say that uh, Hashem, does, Hashem doesn't combine your hurim, thoughts and plans with actions, but people might. If he didn't think about it in his heart, to do the Aveira, he saw other people doing such an Aveira, he was happy. He smiled when he saw like uh, something inappropriate. And so other people are now thinking that this guy likes doing things that are inappropriate. Mostly, Rav Yaakov, Yaakov challenges the statement. And the Bnei Yisrael, this was the ten Shvatim in the north, in Yisrael, not in Yehuda, they were imputing that Hashem was doing things to them that Hashem never did. So that we see that they did suspect Hashem of doing things he never did. They were mad at Hashem. They were involved in Avodah Zarah, the, the ten lost tribes, some of them did come back, but they were, uh, they were, they were trying to accuse Hashem of doing things so they'd have an excuse to reject Hashem and justify their own behavior. Tashma. 
Let's learn from here. Vayikanu Moshe. Vayikanu le Moshe b'machane la'acharon kadosh Hashem. There's a pasuk in Tehillim about the rebellion of Korach. And during the rebellion of Korach, they were jealous to Moshe in the camp and to Aharon, the holy chosen one of Hashem. And when it says they were jealous to Hashem in the camp, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Kuf Yud, Sanhedrin 110, says, what did they do? Vaikonu is Lashem Kina. They were Kina es Ishto. Now when we get to Sota, we're going to see this word a lot because Kina means they warned their wives to stay away from Moshe. The Sota process, the ritual of Sota, actually requires a warning, a kina. A man has to warn his wife, don't go behind closed doors with Plody, with Bob. And then if she goes behind closed doors with Bob, then the Sota ritual can be invoked. Then he can take her to the temple and they make this whole potion and the scroll and everything. But there has to be a warning first. We don't just say, oh, there was Yehud, grab her, drag her to the temple and cut, you know, all this stuff. No, there has to be a warning, a kina. So too, the Jews of that time, at least the ones in Korach's team, they warned their wives to stay away from Moshe. So the Marsha there says on Sanhedrin, he says, because they saw that Moshe had separated from Sipporah, his wife, and they thought that no human being can uh, be without. You know, Hashem gave men, when men are in good health, they have certain uh, desires. That's how Hashem built us at the factory. So they said, Moshe is away from his wife. He must be pursuing somebody else's wife. So that was their justification, and they warned all their wives to stay away from Moshe. So, of course, we're, we're not Moshe, so we, we don't have, uh, you know, Moshe, Moshe was on a higher level. This was the complaint of uh, Miriam in Aharon. said, you know, is Moshe on a higher level, that he separates from his wife? The answer is yes, he was. So they, everyone else wasn't. And the Imre Tzvi there says in Sanhedrin, they saw what happened was when they went to build the Egel Azahav, they asked the women for gold. You remember this? It's a Medrash. The Medrash in Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer. What did the women say? <laughs> no. They said, no gold for the Egel. And then a little later, Moshe asks for gold to build a mishkan. What do the women do? They take off their earrings. They take off their nose rings. They take off everything. And uh, they bring the gold for the mishkan. So they saw that the women were not giving gold for the, their husbands, but they were give, happy to give gold for Moshe. And they were, they were literally jealous of this, that the women were dedicated to Moshe. It wasn't about the women interested in Moshe. They were interested in the mishkan. They were interested in Hashem. They were interested in the Shekhinah. So it's a mila for the women of that generation. But they were Kone le Moshe. They warned their wives to stay away from Moshe. So as a Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak Amr, Melomen Shekol Echad Kine le Ishto. Good, they have that here. They have the Sanhedrin. Every man warned his wife, Mimoshe, to stay away from Moshe. Chasal Meshim Sinahu Dabo. That's because they hated Moshe. That wasn't because Moshe was actually suspected. Moshe was not having Hirhurim about married women. It's because the men and Korach's team were trying to make a point and a political point to make, make their wives away from Moshe. And according to Imre Tzvi, they were jealous that they had given gold for the Mishkan. Rabbi Yossi says, I want to be among those who are suspected of something, but he didn't do it. So this sounds like being suspected is a good thing. He says, I was also suspected and I didn't do it. There's a Gemara where a non-Jewish woman who owed money to Rav Papa said, oh, sit here and I'll go get the money. But there was a dead body on that bed that she wanted him to sit there, but he wouldn't sit down so he wouldn't get Tame and he was saved from being accused of murder. Uh, so it's an interesting story. So he was also suspected. So it sounds like it's a good thing to be suspected and not have an Avera in your hand. But our Gemara is saying it's not good to be suspected because it means someone was at least thinking about an Avera or smiling when someone else did an Avera. Lo kasha, habakola de pasik, habakola de pasik. 
If there's a rumor that just goes away, then we see there was no real basis to the suspicion. A rumor that continues, we see there was a basis, and that's not a good thing to be the subject of such a rumor. How long is a lasting rumor? Abaye says, my mother told me. Was it his mother, Abosai? No, he was an orphan. It was the woman who raised him he called mother. We see the godless of adopting an orphan. She told him, Dulmi Damasa, a rumor in a small town, is Yomo Polga, it's a day and a half. So you could be the talk of the town for a day and a half, and it's not a problem. It doesn't mean there's actually anything untowards going on. Hani Mile, Dulo Posig Bene Bene. And that's if they don't get interrupted in the middle. The rumor doesn't stop and come back. If the rumor stops and then comes back, then maybe there's more, uh, more of a problem. The key pasuk bene bene lo amran eli de lo pasuk machmas yira, and if it stopped in the middle and then came back, well, if it stopped because of yira, they're afraid of the guy they're saying rumors about. You know, if if they're saying rumors about an influential person and then he has connections in social media and tells them to suppress all that information, then that doesn't mean the rumor is not true. It means he's suppressing information and uh, having the algorithm, you know, cover up his crimes. That's what's happening in real life. So, but uh, if it's because of Pasuk uh, Mechamasira, if they're afraid of the guy and that's why they're suppressing the news, lo, then that is a problem. And it's not a problem unless the rumors come back. If the rumors go away and then they come back, you have an issue. There's an underlying issue causing these rumors. If they come back, lo, it's not an exception. And it's only when he doesn't have enemies. It's his enemies might keep refueling these rumors, and that's why there's actually rumors going around. But if this guy doesn't normally have enemies, like we saw on the on Shabbos, the Daf on Shabbos, the the rabbi, he was a senior rabbi, and they kept rumors kept going around. He was a senior rabbi, and it seems he was a well-respected person at Talmud Chacham, and kept having rumors anyway. So there was some suspicion. We talked about he was suspected of Yichud on Shabbat, and that's why they put him into Cherem. They excommunicated him. They didn't cover it up. So it was a continuing rumor. Good. So the next mission, it says, We don't write debt documents, loan documents. If he doesn't trust him, he, he doesn't trust him to repay an oral loan. Rashi says, if the sofer needs what to eat, then the sofer can, you can hire a sofer to write the contract because the sofer needs to eat too. Uh, then you could write up the contract. We don't write books, Sefer Torah, We do not correct even one letter in the Sefer Ezra. Now, Sefer Ezra is, a, is, is one of the books of the, of the prophets, the writings, really. So there's another gear, so Sefer Azara, the Sefer Torah that's in the Azara, or we can say it's the Sefer Torah that Ezra himself wrote, which was kept in the temple. So even that Sefer Torah, we don't go in and correct it. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, a person could write tefillin and a mezuzah for himself, turning over the top of your desk, and he can spin strings on his thigh, which is a shinui, Rashi points out, uh, he can make his own tziti. So he could make his own tefillin, mezuzahs, and tzitzis for himself. The Gemara says, he could write it for himself, and spin strings on his thigh, to make his own tzitzit. And he can do it for other people, but only as a favor. He can't do it as business. That's what Rabbi Meir says. Interesting, Rabbi Meir himself was a sofer. That was his job. Rabbi Yehuda says you can do a harama. You do a bit of a roundabout heter. He can sell his own tefillin. 
And then he can write another tefillin for himself during Cholomoed. He can do it normally. Why? To get a parnasa. We've seen before there's a heter. A poel who needs to eat on yantav. And there we said it's not just he doesn't have what to eat. It's not just he doesn't have bread and water. It's that he wants meat and wine. He wants more for yantav. And here too, Rashi says, he says, this is even for profit. He says, this sofer, we'll allow him, according to Rabbi Yossi, to write his tefillin and mezuzos, even to get extra money. The Rambam doesn't say extra money. He says, you know, just to have yantav, yantav essentials. But of course, yantav essentials, that's meat and wine. That's a big suda. That's a gishmaka suda and presents for the children, new clothes for the wife. So we let him, if he needs the money for yantav expenses, to go ahead and normally write and sell his wares, his tefillin, his zizot, etc. Uri lay Rav le Rav Chananel, v'amri lay Rabba Barachan le Rav Chananel. So Rav Chananel apparently was a sofer, and he asked the Shaila the Meister Cholamod. They told him halacha kozev emocher kedarko kedei parnasatov. He said, if you need the money, you need the the meat and the wine for yantav, go ahead and sell your wares normally. That was their pesach halacha. Tov el yirecho techelus. He can spin the threads together to make his techelis for his tzitzis. He can spin on his thigh. But don't use a stone to uh, maneuver the threads and to get them wound up normally. They say you could even use an evan. So using an evan, we'll see, it's also a shinui. It's less of a shinui. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Mishmo, Evan of You can use a stone to manage the threads that you're spinning, but not a pelach. Pelach is actually a spindle. That's the normal tool used for spinning your threads. You can use a stone to manage your threads. Or you can even use the spindle and do it normally. We'll let you use a stone. We'll even let you use a spindle to uh, prepare your tzitzit, tzitzit on cholamod, if you need the tzitzit. Behalacha, kosiv, kedarko, mocher, kedei, parnasato. And we see that you can write them normally and you can sell them normally. So we see that for the needs of a, a sofer who needs even a revach, not just what to eat, but needs a revach, he's allowed to write and sell normally. What about writing other things? So the halacha, lemaisa, in the Mishnah Brura comes out. Find the bookmark here. So he talks about correcting Sifrei Torah. That's a discussion. If the Torah is already legible, maybe it's not an issue to correct it. He has a discussion there. But he says something really interesting. You guys, you're you're going to love this. So he says in, um, and this is in Urachayim Tav Kuf Mem Hey, in Sif Tes, he says, Im Shamar Davar Chiddush. He heard a Chiddush in the Torah during Cholomoed. Mutter Lekatvo, Kadeshal Yishkach. It's Mutter to write it down so you don't forget it. Can they raw Sefer Mechudash? We saw a new Sefer, Mutter Latiko. You could go ahead and copy or take notes or copy down the whole Sefer. If you're not going to get a Cholomoed, someone shows up to your house with a Sefer, Cholomoed. And you've never seen a sefer before? Go ahead, copy down the sefer and, and use the sefer. Now the Mishnah Brura says amazingly on this, so he says something really great. He says, "Who adin the mutter You can go listen to a new shear with chidushim in order to, to write them down. Gam ein chiluk bein im shama chidush me'acher ochad shuhu atzmo. And it's no chiluk if you heard it from someone else, or if it's your own chidush in the Torah. The harbe zimnin many times matzui. It's common she adam shocheach." A person forgets what he had innovated in his Lima Torah. And he can't get it back. This, it's heartbreaking. Rabbi, if you've done this, 
You're like, oh, I had a, I had a vard on Yisro. What was? It's heartbreaking. It's heartrending. And this is what he's saying. You could write it down. Cholamoed. A filu below Tam Shecha. Even if there's no other reason for forgetting, you can write it down. It's incumbent on all of us to be osik in Torah every moment and every day. This is before the Dafyomi is writing this. And to make your own chidushim, to write in the margins of your Gemara. So it's not shayach to tell this man, wait until after Cholamoed, wait until after Yomtov, and then write down your chidush. To Osozman, that that time after Cholamoed, next week, that's a new chiyuv. That's a new daf, a new day. It's a new daf. It's a new journey through Torah. At that time, next week, you need new chidushim. You need new limit Torah. So write down your chidushim during Cholamoed, because next week, you need new ones. If you're prevented from writing down your chidushim, Shalamad Moed during Cholamoed, it's stark limot sheni. You have to go back and do a chazara and try to get your chidushim back. Mashalamad kvar. Lahaskir, Masha Chidush Mikvar. And you'll try to have to remember what you were machadish last week during Cholamoed. Zeyabatlenim limot chidushim, cherim, beosashah. Then you're going to be held back from new uh, journey through, through a new daf and new chidushim. Ein lucha davar ha'avet gadol mizeh. There is no greater loss than this. You know, there's a hetzer during Cholamoed for Dover Ovid. If the field's going to get dried out, you're allowed to water the field. If uh, the pants and the shoes are going to get ripped, you're allowed to sew them to keep, keep them together during Cholamoed. And here, the Mishnah Brura, he's adding, there's no greater loss than not writing down your own personalistic Chidush Torah. You write down your insights, your observations, your own vart. It might not be the most beautiful vart, but Rabbosai, it's yours. It's yours. So even during Cholamoed, it's Dover Aved, you write it down, because next week, Laman Hashem, you might not remember, and next week's a new, a new chiyuv, a new journey, a new daf. Every day is a new daf. It's one of the beauties of daf yomi, is, is every day, if you, if you didn't have a great daf yesterday, it's another daf today, it's another daf tomorrow, it's another chance to really connect to Rabbanu Shalom. You know, when we pray, we're talking to God. When our Gemara is opened, God's talking to us. Of course, he's talking through generations of sages, through thousands and of you know, brilliant minds that are telling us their, their wisdom, but Hashem is talking to us, too. When we're, we have this book open, Hashem is talking to us. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. So the, Mish, the next Mishnah says, a cover es meso, shlosha yamim kodem l'regel. Somebody buries his relative three days before the holiday. Botla hamenu gzeres shiva. When the holiday arrives, shiva's over. It ends. Now you should know, the Mishnah here says three days. We're not Mishnah Jews. We don't paskin from the Mishnah. It's actually even three minutes. So it's not just three days. We're going to see three days mentioned a few times in the Daf. It's even three minutes. So we say mixos yam kikulo in terms of if they buried somebody, heir of Yantav, and the Shiva began, you know, they took off their shoes, even is enough, that then when Yantav arrives, we are mevatel Shiva. The Yantav overrides. We're going to see. This is today's Daf. This is the subject overrides the Shiva. Shmona, if they buried his relative eight days before Yantav, but Shloshim, even the Shloshim's gone because he had his Shiva already. Then he had one day of Shloshim, and now Yantav has arrived, so there's no more Shloshim. Amru, because they said Shabbos Ole, Shabbos counts for the count of seven days. So, uh, of course, Shabbos doesn't interrupt. Okay, so Shabbos Ole, Venomafsekis. Shabbos counts for the seven days or for the Shloshim. It doesn't interrupt them. It doesn't cut them off. Otherwise, there'd never be a Shiva because every week there's a Shabbos. Thank God. Thank God for Shabbos. Regolim, but holidays, Mafsikim, they do interrupt and stop and cut off a Shiva or Shloshim. 
and they don't count for the number of the Shiva or Shloshim. We'll see what that means on Amid Beis, Rabbi Yezer, Omer, Mishachar of Beis, and Mikdash says, after the Churban Abayis, Atzeres, Shvuis, Kishabas. It's like Shabbos. So we would say Atzeres, the Chag Shvuis, which doesn't have a Chol Amid, it's, uh, it's no longer interrupts Avelis. Now Rashi explains why, because during, when we have the time of the Temple, and God willing, we'll have it again, Shavuos is basically a week. That's not a week with a cholamoed and yentav at the end, but there's seven days of tashlumin. There's seven days where if you didn't bring your carbon riyah and your carbon chagiga on the first day of shuas, you could bring it for that whole week starting on shuas. So this is why some people have the, the custom, they don't say any tachnun the week following shuas, because that's the week of tashlumin. So when we had the temple, that was a whole week, you would stay in your shalai, you would bring karbatas, it was gishmak, so it was kind of like cholamoed without the cholamoed. So he says, after we don't have the, the temple anymore, it doesn't interrupt. We Paskin, it, it does, even though we don't have the Shiva Teshlumin. Uh, maybe that's a good reason not to say Tachnun, so you remember that. Rabban Gamliel Omer, Rosh Hashanah v'yom Kippurim, Kirigolim. So Rabban Gamliel says that Rosh Hashanah v'yom Kippur, they're like holidays. They would stop Shiva and Shloshim. Rachamim Omrim, It's not like Rabbi Eliezer or like Rabban Gamliel. Eli Atzeris, Kirigolim. Shvuas is like one of the festivals, even without the temple, even without the week of Tashlumin. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Kishabbos. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which are short, one-day holidays, they're not full holidays, so they're not going to stop a shiva. Lamaisa, we paskin, they do. We paskin that all of the holidays, including Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, will stop shiva and shloshim. So Gavar explains, Amar Rav Gezerah Botlu, the Gezerah of shiva and shloshim is Botl, Yamim Lo Botlu. But the days are not Botl. You still have to have the days. We're going to see how. Rav Sheish says, no, the days are also knocked out by the holiday. My time, Yamim Lo Butlu, what's the reason? Rashi here says, we're not saying what's the reason. Rashi says, Lo Butlu Yamim. What is he talking about? The days aren't Butlu when the holiday arrives. Shim Lo Gilach Regal, What he's saying is, if you've y Yantav is tonight, and you've had your Shiva. If you don't take a haircut heir of Yantav, we're not going to let you do it Cholamoed because you did not take advantage of the fact that it's Yom Tov tonight to be Mevatel the Shiva. So what they're really saying is, really, Yom Tov is going to knock out the Shiva. And, but on Yantav, you can't take a shave and a haircut. So we even extend it to heir of Yantav, the mourner could take a shave and a haircut, and if he doesn't take advantage of that, of that heter that Yantav is coming to knock out his Avelis, we're not going to let him do it Cholamod either because we're seeing like he doesn't, he doesn't want the heter. Turning over to Abed Beis, Vatanya, but there's a Baraisa, a Kover es Mesa. Somebody buries his relative, Lo Lenu Shlosha Yamim, Kodam Leregel, three days before the holiday, Butla Hamenu Gezerah Shiva. His Shiva is over. Shmona, eight days before, Shmona Yamim, Kodam Leregel, eight days before the holiday, Butla Hamenu Gezerah Shloshim, because again, he's had a day of Shloshim already. And he can take a shave and a haircut, the heir of the regal, before the, before the holiday begins. But if he doesn't take a shave and a haircut before the regal, he can't do it afterwards during Kolomot. You have to wait for the Shloshim. He says, You're allowed to. Just like the first three days of Avelis, he's had three days of Avelis, the three days after the burial before Yom Tov. And it seems like the Iker Avelis, we say the Iker Avelis is seven, but really sounds like the Iker Avelis is the first three days. Like the first three days they're saying is the worst. It reminds of Brismila 
after three days, the third day is the worst. So the similar concept, through the first three days are the worst, the hardest, the, the most recent memories. And uh, but we, so there, there are some some nihugim with the first three days. Apparently, in those times, they would they were more serious. So so if you had three days, so it's shloshim evatella to gezeira shiva. So he had three days and then a holiday. So his observing morning practices those three days. Now the holiday comes and it knocks out his shiva. Kach mitzvah shiva milatas gezeira shloshim. So if he kept seven days according to Abba Shol, it knocks out when the holiday comes. It knocks out his shloshim. He's already had shiva, and now the holiday is here. And he doesn't have to do shloshim anymore. Uh, shiva v'hanan shmonetzanan. So you're saying shiva in the brisa, but the mishnah said eight. So what's the chiluk? So for Abashol, this is Abashol. We mentioned him on Shabbat in the daf. He says mixas hayom kekulo. Part of the day is like all of the day. So famously we said on Shabbat, and we're going to say it again today that on the seventh day of shiva, they don't mourn the whole day. That they are mourning in the Shachar's time in the morning, and then a little bit later, get up, take a walk around the block, and their shiva is done on the you know early on in the seventh day, and that's that's according to Abishol. We're going to see we paskin like Abishol. So he says, so he says Yom Shvi Ola Kan So our mission had said you need eight days. If the burial was eight days before the festival in our Mishnah, then his shiva's over and his shloshim's over because the festival came and knocked out the shloshim. And here in the Brisa, Abishol is saying you only need seven days. We say, yeah, that's fine because that's Abishol who says mixas yom kekulo. So even in the more in the early on in the seventh day, his morning of shiva is done. And he also says that yom Ashvi, the seventh day is ola lakana lakana. It counts for the last day of shiva and the first day of shloshim. So since he started his shloshim already on day seven from the burial, and that's heir of yantav. So now that yantavs come along, it knocks out his entire shloshim, and he can go ahead and get a shave and a haircut as soon as the holiday ends. He doesn't have to keep observing shloshim after the holiday. He says, we paskin, like but the sages all agree for Abashol. When do they agree? This is the case we brought up on the Dafan Shabbat, is if the burial was eight days before Yom Tov, but it wasn't the burial or both. So remember the Taisvos there said, how could it be that he was in Shiva from Shabbos to Shabbos and now it's Shabbos Erev Arego, so we're gonna let him take a haircut on Friday. So hold on, let me explain, let me explain the, the timing first. Is what happened is he's observing Shiva starting on Shabbat a week before Yantav. And now it's Shabbat Erev Yantav. And because it's Shabbat Erev Yantav, he's on us. And so even the sages say, we'll let him take a shave and a haircut on Friday. Like Abishol will say that his, his shiva is already over. But how could it be? We don't bury people on Shabbos. So, so Taisvos brings, there was a Shmua. He heard that his relative died on Shabbos. What happened is that he had somebody had a relative in a different city, and then somebody came and told him on Shabbos that his relative had passed away. So he started the shiva on Shabbos. So obviously there's no Avelis, but Parhesia, he wouldn't be publicly mourning on Shabbat, but there were some Nihugim in private, we're going to see, even on Shabbat, that he would be observing Avelis starting then, so then his Avelis ends on Shabbat, so we'll let him take the shave and the haircut before. The Tosos brings another case that perhaps they, there was a, somebody uh, was dragged away, God forbid, by a wild animal, and there were search parties going out, they were looking for him, and then on Shabbat they gave up. They're, they found, you know, Trof Trof Yosef, like Yaakovino said, this is the bloody coat, you know, Yosef's probably a goner. And they gave up. There was Yeush, 
on Shabbat, and that's why he started his morning on Shabbat. But as long as we're alive, thank God, we don't have to give up. We can keep fixing it. But those are the two cases. Tosafot brings why someone might be observing mourning from Shabbat to Shabbat. So since his shiva ends on Shabbat, they were makel, and they let him take, and at Shabbat was Erev Yom Tov, they let him take a shave and a haircut, Erev Shabbat, when his morning would end on Shabbat, Erev the regular. So that was according to Avashal. That's the case where everyone agrees to Avashal. Like who does this ruling of Rav Amram go, which is Amarav, Amarav, Rav Amram in the name of Rav, Avil, a mourner, Kavan, She'amdu, Menachemim, when the mourner, when the people who came to be Menachem Avil, the, the, uh, the guests who came to console him, when they stand up to go, Me'etzlo, to leave him, Mutter Berchitza, he can now wash. Keman Ka'avashol. So we had day seven. On day seven, at the time, people would leave. People would usually come to visit the Poskin Brahim after, after Shacharis. People would go daven in the Bacon Hazard, or they go daven by the house of the Avil, and uh, they sit with him for a few minutes after morning prayers, and then they'll get up to go. So at that time already, that's when we say the Mixas Yom Kikulo, uh, you know, it's time for the mourners to go home, and we'll let the Avil to take a shower and to bathe again. That's like Abashol says, Mixas Yom Kikulo, and that's what we pass in the Misa. Amar Bai, Halachak Abashol, Beyom Shiva. We hold like Abishol on the seventh day. They agreed to him on day 30 of the Shloshim. So if it's on day 30, it's Mashri could take a haircut even on that same day. On day 30, but not on day 7. In Nahardia, which is a large Jewish community, Amre, they would say, we would say, whether it's on day seven or whether it's on day 30. So this is a question. We also say it's uh, day 29 because it counts all of the Kanavakan. And he says, according to his Rebbe, according to Tosos, his Rebbe, no. But at least on day 30, would work. If you said yesterday, Shmuel says, we're Makel by Avelus. That could be because Avelus is the Rabbanon. Maybe Avelus only derives of the first day. So it's a discussion in the post game and the Rishonim about this, but we paskin like Shmuel says, so it works. Shloshim How do we know 30 days? How do we know there's Nikhugim, there's customs of Avelis for 30 days? Yolif Peira Peira Minazer. We learn a Gezerah Shava, a comparison word, the word Peira. You don't see that word Peira. Pay reish ayin every day. That's a very rare word in the uh, five books of Moses. So they have a tradition. Remember, gezer shava. You can only you can only use a gezer shava to learn things if you have a tradition going back from Moses that this is one of those key words that you can use to form a gezer shava. So peira is one of these words. Peira peira min nazir. hacha. It writes about Ahara when Aaron's sons passed away. Rashechem al tifro. Do not uh, let your hair be para, be wild or unkempt or, or grow. So what he was telling the Kohanim, what Hashem was commanding the Kohanim was keep being Kohanim. Don't do normal practices of mourning. So it implies the normal practices of mourning is to let your hair go, to let your hair grow and be unkempt and be a little, a little wild and grown out. That would be the normal thing. And he's telling the Aharon and his surviving sons, to not do that, to keep your hair uh, in a nice fashion because you're the only Kohanim around. And it's written by the Nazir. The Nazir has to grow out the Peira Seir Rosho. And here the word Peira, it could be extra really. He has to grow out his uh, wild locks of hair. Basically the head of his hair, he can't cut his hair. The Nazir cannot cut his hair. 
And we see that Peira is also used by the mourning of Aharon and his sons. They, they weren't supposed to let their hair go. So Malahalon Shloshim, just like a Nazir has to be 30, Afkan Shloshim. So too, the normative mourning practices are not to cut hair for 30 days. The Aharon and his sons were an exception to the rule. It's interesting that Nadav and Avihu, the sons that died, they were on an extremely high level and they thought they were on the level of Moshe. It gives a lot of reasons why they died, why they died for bringing Ketor, bringing incense into the Kodesh Kodashim without being asked. One of the reasons was they never got married. So they thought they were on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu to never get married. And as we saw, we're talking about suspicions that everyone else knows a man who's not married, that's a little suspicious. You know, he should, uh, men are men. A healthy man has urges, they should get married. That's one of the reasons given. There's a lot of other reasons. It's a whole discussion about Nadav Navihu. But when they passed away, Aharon and the, and the surviving sons, Elazar Itamar, were commanded not to let their hair go. And here, so that implies that normally we do let the hair go. We learn from Nazir, Shloshim, Hasam and How do we know a Nazir is 30 days? It's a famous Amar of Matna, Stam Nazirus, Shloshim Yom. A Stam Nazirus, someone says he's a Nazir. Don't try this at home, guys. There's no temple. You can't bring Karbanos, so don't become a Nazir, please. If you do become a Nazir, consult your local Orthodox rabbi for Hataras Nazarim, Nazirim, Nadarims. Good, it's the same thing. Nazir is a form of neder, so you need a hatar at Nadarim if you accidentally become a Nazir. But just, just don't, don't, don't do that today, please. When we get a temple, you're welcome to do it. But nowadays, no. It's a, you know, it's, it's put that on the bucket list. When we have the temple, we're gonna, we're gonna be walking through blood up to our ankles, and it'll be wonderful, and we'll have the, the beautiful sights, and, and we could do Naziris also. That's one, it's on the bucket list. With the temple. So, Stam Nazir Shlojimim, how do we know my time? Amakra, Kadosh Yehie. He shall be holy. Kadosh Yehie. Yehie, Begematria, Tlatan, Havu. Yehie is 30. This is a halacha learned out from a Gematria. Gematria is not just for Zohar Rabosai, it's also a halacha lamaisa. Kadosh Yehie, he will be holy for Yehie, for 30. Obviously, if the Nazir wants to have a longer Naziris, he has permission. But the shortest possible Naziris is 30 days. Less than that, it's not like a, it's not a Gishmak Naziris. And if a guy is a Nazir for a week, like, you don't even notice his hair growing out for a week, you know? So, but uh, 30 days, at least that's something. He's at least growing out his hair, abstaining from wine, abstaining from tuma. That's at least something. So that's the minimum Naziris is Yihie. A Yud is 10 and a He is 5. You guys can do the math. This is advanced here. So it's definitely 30 is the minimum. We learn out. So 30 is the minimum for Shloshim before the haircut. Hold on, let's take it. We, we have a little time here. So there's a Taisvos who says about Nazir. So a Nazir can't even comb his hair, right? If a Nazir combs his hair, it could be a psigresha, he rips out hairs. And the Nazir's not allowed to rip out any of his hairs. He can't cut his hair or pluck his hair or rip his hair or shave his hair or razor, scissors, anything. So why not by a mourner, Taisvos asks the question, we should also say a mourner can't even comb his hair. Right? So then he answers that by a, by a Nazir, it's a commandment in the Torah not to cut his hair. But by a mourner, it's just in terms of yofi. So somebody, he's saying basically an Avil could still comb his hair even though he can't cut his hair. He says even though we learn the time period from Nazir, we don't learn the halacha that he can't comb or brush his hair from Nazir. So Taisa says Paskins, an Avil could still Coleman brushes hair, and he says his own, he says, Shalti Memori Riva, his Rebbe was the Riva, Hitterly. And he brings the Rav Yavitov about the, the 29th day versus the 30th day. But that's, so it's interesting that the Taisvos had to, 
Tosfos had to ask his Rebbe what to do about combing his hair. So you see that even the Balei Tosfos had a Rebbe. Say the Chorav, make yourself a Rebbe. So even our Rebbeim had a Rebbe to ask their Shilas too. So good. So that's Nazar. We learned from Nazar 30 days, but not about combing and brushing your hair. That's still allowed for an Abel. Amar of Huna, Beredi of Yeshua, HaKomodim, everyone agrees, Kishkal Shlishi Shalolios Erev Regal, when his third day of Shiva is Erev Regal, Sha'asar Brachitza Erev. He can't wash until the nightfall. Now, we just said on the bottom of Ahmed Olaf that if he doesn't get a shave and a haircut, Erev Regal, we won't let him get a shave and a haircut during Holomoed or after the Regal. But here he's saying he can't wash until that night. Now, it's interesting that night is Yuntav. So what Rashi says is, um, he can't wash even bitsonen. So he can't, he can't wash himself. Uh, so he can't wash himself even in cold until yantav. And then in yantav, he can wash himself cold. Now, Taisvos has issues with this. Remember, we learned the Gemara in Beitza about washing and showering on yantav. So Taisvos says um, he could actually, he could be la'erev on yantav, yacholirchos gufo bitsonen. He could wash his entire body in cool water. Inami panav yadav ragla v'chamin. We could use warm water for his face and his hands and his feet. But not his whole body in hot water. You can't really wash on yantiv. Remember, that's people would heat up water for washing. Same as we had for Shabbos. They used to go to the bathhouse and they realized people were cooking water on Shabbos for them. So they said, no, you can't go to the bathhouse. Remember, that's the heter on Shabbos also. You could bathe in chamitzveria. There's no danger people are going to cook water because Hashem cooked the water in the hot springs for you. Inami lishtaf, mutter, so he says a shower would also be mutter on yantav. So we had this discussion about warming up water. If someone's warming up water for cooking, they could also use it for bathing, or if someone could warm up water for panav yadav raglav, for parts of his body, but not his whole body. Uh, so consult your local paisik. Uh, it could be an Indian of ben adam lechavero, if someone doesn't shower on yantav sometimes, so it's important to keep in mind uh, to have reach nichoach in the in the synagogue as well, to have good good aromas when we're davening. It's a it's a misfa ben adam So showering on yantiv, there are there are interesting hetarim tosos brings up brings that up. Uh, but it sounds like if he didn't, it sounds like even though we let him take a haircut, era of rego because he can't do it on rego, but we let him bathe not until rego. Okay. So azbita ada erev amar of nechemia bereder yeshua ashkechinhu rav papi rav papa. Yatve Kamre Halocha Kirav Kuna Bered Rav Yeshua Ikita Amre Amre Rav Nechemia Bered Rav Yosef Eshkehinul Rav Papi Rav Papa Ulrav Kuna. So now this next version has all three rabbis. They all agreed. Bered Rav Yeshua, the Yatve Kamre Hakol Modim. They say everyone agrees. Shim Chal Shlishi Shalolios Erev Regal. If his third day of Avelis is Erev Regal, Shazer Brachitza Ada Erev. Again, he could take the shave and the haircut, Erev Regal but not bathe until the holiday itself. And then we have that discussion in Taisa about how he can bathe on Yom Tov itself. If he buried him before the regal, regal ole lo, the minion shloshim, ein regal ole lo, the minion shloshim. Can a day of Yom Tov count for his shloshim? So he buried him before the regal, and the week before the regal, and the regal, the holiday came along, and it's mevatal shiva. But does that time count towards his shloshim or not. I'm not asking about counting for Shiva. There's no mitzvah of Shiva during Regal. That Regal breaks a veil. But we'll say, what does that mean? It's a so Rashi says, um, of course, Yom Tov does not count for Shloshim or Shiva. 
There's no mitzvah of shiva beregel. Sounds good, but then Rashi keeps writing. It's always dangerous when Rashi continues. It's a ha He says, because it's not usher to wear shoes on Yantav, and you don't have to turn your bed upside down and sit on the upside down bed. But that's mashma that other things, bitsina, other private practices of mourning, he would still do even on Yantav. Mashma that Yantav doesn't break Shiva all the way. It's a little bit vague in the Rashi. Tosfer says explicitly that mourning bitsina, that practices of Avelus that are in private, are still conducted on Yom Tov. So that's Mashman Rashi, that's Mephorish in Tosfer, but Rambam says no. Rambam in the 10th parak of Hilchas Avelus says, Yom Tov utterly wipes out Avelus. There is no practice of Avelus during Yom Tov, even in private. Nothing whatsoever. And that kind of fits with what Rav, Rav Soloveitchik said about this, is that Yantav needs a mindset of simcha. If he has some practices of Avelis, he his mind can't be purely v'samachta v'chagecha. He needs to have a mindset of simcha to do that mitzvah, v'samachta v'chagecha, to have simcha's Yantav, to the joy of Yantav. So that's fitting the Rambam, the Rashi and Taisvis, They say there are some practices. Um, so it, it, it's a bit of a machlok is Rishonim about what he does Lemaisa on Yantav. He says that that doesn't count for the regal Kikomi Baili. What I'm asking about, the Minyan Shloshim. Does Yantav count towards the Shloshim? The Kanaga Mitzvah Shloshim Regal. There are some practices of Shloshim during the Regal, the Surin Kolomoed. Rashi explains, the Haber Regal, Nami Asur Begichutz Tisporet Kishloshim. You can't press your clothes, you can't flatten down your clothes or do a, get a haircut during Kolomoed and during Yantav, of course. So he says maybe that counts. My Amrle Eno Ole says it doesn't count. So we're kind of uh, we're kind of going to challenge that tomorrow. We're going to leave it off for here. But there's an interesting distinction between what sh- what Shabbat does to Avelis versus what Yom Tov does to Avelis. And uh, more on that tomorrow. Shkoyach Rabbi Sai, Skilimitzvus.